This is BT Techno, a regular podcast series for financial advisors wanting to remain at the forefront of strategy, regulatory and industry news. Hi everyone and welcome to this week's Techno Podcast. I'm Sarah Conti and I'm the Senior Manager, Advice Technical and Regulatory for BT. I'm part of the BT Technical Services team, a group of qualified individuals who can help you as advisors answer any technical advice strategy related queries you may have. As financial advisors, to provide personal advice to your clients, you're required to capture their personal information. With recent data breaches top of mind for many Australians, keeping this data confidential is not only necessary, but also the law. Joining our podcast today to discuss all things privacy and financial advice is Brian Pollock, Director of Corporate Governance for the Principals Community. The Principles Community is a privately owned business which is focused on being the community of choice for successful self-licensed businesses. They look after approximately 125 licensees who collectively authorise around 1,300 advisors across the country and provide support to transition businesses into their own licence. They have a broad offer that focuses on bringing the self-licensed community together, governance, scaled benefits, as well as delivering significant professional development to the advisors. Brian, thanks for joining the podcast today. Thanks for having me, Sarah. It's great to be here. Brian, the Privacy Act protects personal information. Can you talk through what personal information is and what's not captured? Sure. Thanks, Sarah. Um, There are two parts to your question. So let's look at what is personal information. Sarah, personal information includes a broad range of information or an opinion that could identify an individual. So what is personal information will vary depending on whether a person can be identified or is reasonably identifiable in the circumstances. So to help with that definition, let me share some typical examples of personal information that financial advisors would come across. So examples include an individual's name, their signature, their address, their phone number or date of birth, Sensitive information is also personal information, and this covers information like health or genetic information, racial or ethnic origin, religious beliefs, or even criminal records, to name a few. Tax file numbers, copies of driver's licenses, passports, and even credit information. Um, And also to be aware, if you collect information from your website, other personal information could be internet protocols, so the IP address as well, so one to be aware of. So you can see that personal information can be quite broad. To your second question, what is not personal information? Well, as a start, it is information that either cannot identify an individual or information that is not about an individual. So as an example, information about business is not considered to be personal information. And that's because a business is not a natural person. However, as I mentioned earlier, you need to be careful to consider the full context as an individual's personal information may be so closely interconnected with their business, uh, like a sole trader arrangement, that is captured as personal information. In financial advice, what I see more common examples uh, of what typically isn't personal information is where information has been de-identified, such as information that would be required to identify or reasonably identify a person has been removed or altered. Yeah. So financial advisors are required to capture many of those personal information examples you've just highlighted when they undertake that fact-finding process. 
Um, Can you outline what obligations apply when you hold that personal information? Yes. Um, So, Sarah, financial advisors are really subject to a range of obligations when they gather and hold information, such as obligations under the Corporations Act and even under the AML-CTF laws. Personal information is defined by the Privacy Act. And what we have is the Australian Privacy Principles, uh, which is the cornerstone of the privacy protection framework in Australia. So the APPs, as we like to call them. Um, What I'll do is I'll address this question in a couple of parts. Firstly, the gathering of personal information. You mentioned the fact-finding process and then the holding of that personal information. When we gather personal information, we must only collect personal information if it is reasonably necessary for or directly related to one of our functions or activities. So in providing advice, it is necessary to obtain a range of personal information to enable the provision of advice to occur. When it comes to collecting sensitive information, individuals must consent to the collection of such information. And I'll mention what sensitive information was before. Typically, financial advisors will gather personal information from clients. They will also likely obtain information from other parties. And so where other parties are engaged, client consent should be obtained. Licensees will typically have their own standard consent forms, or these may be built into the licensee's fact-finding documents. It can vary between businesses, and either approach is perfectly fine. Shifting to where we hold personal information. So where we hold personal information, we must not use or disclose this information for a secondary purpose, unless the individual has consented or it relates to the primary purpose. Uh, In relation to sensitive information, it must be directly related to that purpose. So for example, if we're offering additional advice related services that may be beneficial to the client and where a client would reasonably expect us to use it for such a purpose, that would be quite acceptable. Clients can obviously opt out of this as well. Security of personal information that we hold is absolutely critical. We've seen several large data breaches and we've also seen smaller examples of this too. From email accounts being hacked, and that's not just the clients, that's the advisors, through to staff clicking on malicious links as well. Cybersecurity is really not an optional extra. It's a must for all financial advisors and licensees. Yep, Brian, with recent data breaches top of mind for many Australians, what do advisors need to be aware of around the storage of that personal information they're collecting? Yeah, good question, Sarah, because this is, this is an area we regularly discuss with financial advisors and their responsible managers, especially financial advisors working in mixed businesses. Um, that includes like accounting and financial planning businesses where they're mixed. Storage and security measures need to consider all aspects of the business to ensure clients' personal information is securely stored. We have a, we've had an example of an accounting staff member clicking on a malicious link uh, recently where the third party was able to gain access to the group's uh, client relationship management system, CRM system, which included the financial advisor's client personal information. Now, fortunately for that business, their cybersecurity software um, detected the third party that was in their systems and was able to encrypt the materials being accessed, uh, which was very fortunate. So financial advisors must take reasonable steps. That's the reasonable steps to protect the information they hold from misuse, interference, loss, any unauthorized access, modification or disclosure. The Australian Privacy Principle number 11 
covers cyber, um, yeah, covers security of personal information. Now, the majority of financial advisors, if not all that we work with, have cyber insurance arrangements in place as well. We recently held a workshop with a wholesale cybersecurity insurance broker and discussed, amongst other things, the common causes of breaches related to cybersecurity claims. The top three causes um, were a lack of multi-factor authentication, staff still clicking on phishing links, and critically, the failure to deploy patches to address identified vulnerabilities in a timely fashion. So that's where the licensee isn't pushing out those updates. It's relying on individuals to often update their own arrangements. Uh, that creates a bit of risk for the business and the advisors. So off the back of the increasing claims, uh, what we're seeing is minimum cybersecurity standards are being demanded by the insurers to access such insurance cover. Sarah, the Australian Cybersecurity Central Center Essential 8 is a great framework to test um, financial advisors' own arrangements against. And we're seeing a range of advice businesses proactively undertaking external assessments of their arrangements, i.e. they're not simply relying on their own internal IT provider to provide that yeah. assurance. Um, great call-outs, Brian, particularly for advisors who may be looking to boost their data security practices. Um, now, earlier this year, the Privacy Act was reviewed and the findings from that review are likely to result in some significant changes to the Act. Um, can you provide some context about the review and what those changes could mean for advisors? Yeah, Sarah. So we don't have an exact time frame as yet for when we can expect further privacy changes. Though we do know, to your point, that in February this year, a significant review of the Privacy Act had been finalised and a substantial report released. Now, this report contained 116, 116, that's right, proposals designed to strengthen uh, the protection of personal information. The proposals are significant and if adopted, would require changes to a range of laws, not just the Privacy Act, a range of other laws to support achieve the proposals made. I'm certainly tracking this given the size of change required. Uh, we also have the regular ASIC uh, publishing as part of its own corporate plan, and that's covering the period of 2023 to 2027, that technology risks are a key strategic priority. And under its core strategic program, it has scams and cyber and operational resilience. So what does this mean for financial advisors? I'd say that financial advisors can, can't be passive when it comes to how their business manages personal information. The financial advisors need to assist the business identify risks within their security arrangements and be proactive. It's not much fun when you come home to a letter notifying you that your personal information has been compromised, uh, a lovely letter I recently received. Apart from the hassle of contacting institutions and other bodies, the brand damage can be significant, along with the financial and non-financial costs of resolving such breaches. In the future, we may need to look at arrangements similar to the European Union General Data Protection Regulations, whereby individuals have the right to seek erasure of their personal information. So lots of changes coming our way. Yeah, certainly sounds that way. Um, Brian, from time to time, advisors will seek advice from other professionals relating to a particular client situation. Um, how can advisors engage in these services without breaching the law, as often the advice that they seek will need discussion about the client's personal information? Yeah, Sarah, this is typically addressed through the financial advisor's privacy policy. 
where it's necessary for the financial advisor to share clients' personal information uh, for the primary purpose of providing advice and services to the client um, or even for a secondary purpose, such as having external auditors undertake a review of their client files to confirm the quality advice. The key here is to ensure the client's personal information is used for the primary or secondary purpose and where information includes sensitive information that the clients have consented. Uh, I mentioned that as part of the fact-finding process or through separate disclosures earlier. So what we often see is disclosures and statements included in the privacy statement, such as, we may also disclose your information to other third parties. We're required to deliver our financial services to you, or as required by the law. These parties include issues of financial products, life risk insurers, outsourced service, service providers such as power planning, etc. Words covering off the nature of the arrangements for that business. If financial advisors have any concerns about how they manage clients' personal information, they should speak with their governance manager or legal advisor to confirm their approach is adequate. Yeah, great advice, Brian. Um, thanks so much for joining the podcast today and for sharing your insights and practical tips on this critical um, topic. My pleasure, Sarah. It's certainly a topic that will continue to occupy advisors' thoughts as they look to remain up to date with their data privacy obligations. Um, if you have any questions on this topic or any other technical queries, you can contact the BT Technical Services team on 1800 655 901 or by email to technical at btfinancialgroup.com. Our next fortnightly BT Academy webinar is episode 84, I've Got My Mind Debt on You with Matt Manning, which will take place on Wednesday, 13 September at 12 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. This case study-based session examines advice opportunities involving debt, as well as the tax and social security considerations. To register, head to www.bt.com.au forward slash professional and follow the links to the BT Academy webinar series. Like all our webinars, the session will be available on demand if you can't join us live, and all sessions are accredited for CPD purposes. Thanks for joining me and until next time, bye for now. BT Tech knows and now you know. Join us next time to keep ahead of the curve for strategy, regulatory and industry news. This podcast has been developed for financial advisor use only and provides general information only. It does not take into account any particular individual's objectives, financial situations or needs.